Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Thrill Six Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're recording Tuesday for our October 26th Wednesday episode, episode number 65. Uh, we're recording a special episode, I guess, like uh, maybe call it a Halloween episode because this episode is going to drop. And then the following Monday, Monday Night Football, we're going to be having the uh, old Halloween evening. So we got the Halloween edition coming up today. So we're doing a quick question. We got some Halloween uh, edition questions. And then we're going to get into uh, a busy week of, of injuries. So uh, before we get started here, I'll say hello to the fellas. And maybe we'll start things off with Armand on a, on a big week of football. Not only his fantasy team, but a little bit of St. Mary magic as well. Oh, yeah. You know, we uh, went into last week and uh, the Instagram polls that were posted by uh, the league or uh, I forget who posts those, but um, had us at uh, 30% chance of winning the game. So heavy underdogs, and we came out on top, not just narrowly winning. We had a convincing two-score, two-possession uh, win there, and we had the ball to finish the game too. So we, we could have marched it down. We were actually moving the ball. We had it in, in the red zone when we finally took a knee. So um, it was uh, 20 two to 13 win so nine point win and didn't need a rouge this time <laughs> you want to pour the salt in the wound on that one eh, Armin? yeah just a sportsman-like uh, move yeah oh yeah talking about um, but, oh sorry go ahead oh we play st joe's this weekend uh they're a good team and uh we're just hoping to do another upset we're probably at like a 10 maybe less percent chance odds this time but the boys got fired up last week being the underdog, so hopefully they keep just drinking that cola. Uh, I was pretty excited because we, uh, I had parent-teacher interviews, so I actually kind of wanted to go down and watch that one. It's asking about parent-teacher interviews, so I couldn't sneak away for it and got the update from Armin in the group chat. I was I was pretty fired up. Like I was I was pretty excited. And at, at my school, a couple of our colleagues, their kids are on the team too, so you know they were pretty excited about you know, Well, it sucked for them that they had to miss the possible last game of the year but obviously a big win so now they get to go and see them play at least one more time so pretty excited around uh, around the workplace but we're talking about uh, you know pouring the salt in the wound you might as well just take rip the band-aid off quick there zach that was a tough monday nighter for you they went swing of emotions you're like oh man i there's no place i'd rather be right now after the taking the lead and fireworks are going off and i think it might have been all downhill from there but uh that's a, that's a tough monday nighter for you zach yeah, I meant what I said, though, uh, about the wanting to be there, though. Uh, I can only imagine that uh, the emotions there in the in the stadium uh, after booing Jones and chanting Zappy, and then Zappy comes in and throws the ball three times and gets two tutties, and then uh, interception on defense. That crowd must have been rocking, but... Yeah, it was absolutely a roller coaster, and this uh, roller coaster went a little bit lower than it did higher. So, looking to turn it around this week against the JETS. That's actually going to be a sneaky good football game, I think. Yeah, I think I'm actually kind of looking forward to that game, but uh, I think that's something that, you know, the Jets' offense has been pretty decent. We'll get into obviously some of the uh, issues there or for the Jets in our insiders and headliners portion, but. Um, I'm looking forward to, we actually had a decent Thursday nighter this last week, but I'm looking forward to another Thursday nighter. We'll get into that maybe a little bit here in the, uh, in the next segments, but um, my, my week was, man, it was hectic. We had our parent teacher interviews, like I mentioned, and for some reason we decided to book uh, an FCC meeting right in the middle of the parent teacher interview. So it was uh, a few real heavy days of work, but I got back out to the rinks a couple of times and did some chores around the house and that's been all right, but enjoyed a nice enjoyed a nice little uh, relaxing evening last night watched some football and now back to the grind of work and get to Thursday night football so uh, we'll get things going with our 22 fresh quick question of the week week number eight uh, the question is a Halloween edition question and I'm going to go ahead and preface this one that this was actually our 
Halloween question. I think it might have been last year, and uh, and I enjoyed this one. And uh, the question is, it's Halloween season, so we are going to compare a fantasy player to a popular piece of Halloween candy. Uh, so I'm going to start this one off, and I'm going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams and uh, an offense that we were pretty excited about getting pieces of. The first couple of weeks, there were several pieces that were pretty exciting. Uh, but I'm going to compare them to the surprise flavored jelly beans. Because when you put your hand in that bag, pull out a flavor, you don't know what it is, you throw in your mouth, you chew on it, it's like, hey, that one wasn't too bad. Uh, Daryl Henderson getting lots of touches, looking pretty good. Tyler Higby, you know, hit and miss. You know, you obviously you get the Cooper Cup ones that are just like, this is just standard. This is a good piece of candy. It's good. But then you get those couple handfuls. And if you have those surprise jelly beans, you know what I'm talking about, that most of them are bad. Like there's there's a couple good ones, but most of them are pretty bad. And then you put that in your mouth. It's like, Ugh, that, no, I'll chew on it for a bit. Still don't like it. Grab another one. Chew on it. Not, didn't like that one either. And then you get that one pretty good one. It's like, yeah. I'll keep eating these jelly beans. And that's the Los Angeles Rams offense because we keep saying this is a good offense. We want pieces of this puzzle, but they are in a downhill spiral and spiraling. They are because acres we've done seeing acres. I think acres is toast. Um, Henderson has been, you know, hit and miss in his opportunities. Higby has been, you know, uh, a decent shining light, but I mean, it's still a tight end position. And we're excited over five receptions and 55 yards. That's kind of <laughs> where we're at with Tyler Higby. Uh, but then you got Cooper Cup that's been pretty decent, pretty good. Had some boom weeks, but not the same production necessarily what you got last year. Uh, he's still been really, really good. And he's still on pace for another career um, receptions. But the touchdowns have gone down. And then Matthew Stafford has just been not great. So I'm comparing the Los Angeles Rams offense to the surprise flavor jelly beans it's something that we just for some reason keep going back to and uh and for mostly been disappointed with zach you want to go with yours i don't think i have quite as much to say there about uh the <laughs> jelly beans but uh i am going to compare antonio gibson to like old dutch uh plain potato chips um antonio gibson was picked in the so-called rb dead zone uh rounds five through seven and he was nobody's first choice when he came to the running back position uh much less any or any position (laughs) and uh just like the potato chips are nobody's first or second choice by the time he to the bottom of that bag and it's Kind of a toss-up between the chips, the Tootsie Rolls, the generic clear uh, plastic suckers. You're just going to take the potato chips and call it a day. And I think that's what a lot of people ended up doing with Gibson. They just uh, made the best out of a poor situation there in the sixth and seventh round. And now we're left uh, just shaking our heads as he's splitting carries with Brian Robinson. No, nobody's happy with plain potato chips. Like nobody. And if you no. are, I, if you are, I'm sorry that you must have just never experienced good chips before. <laughs> like unless you're yeah. talking about just the plain chips that you dip with dip, but you don't just eat the chips by themselves. Like you need, you need the whatever sour cream dip or whatever it is. But like and those are, and those are different too. Like the ruffle chips that are built for dip are substantially better than the saltier communion host that ruffle that old dutch makes the lays chip that's been dipped in about a, a gallon of oil and then just pulled out and put right into the bag like your fingers are just hella greasy after eating those chips yeah that's antonio gibson not the sour cream dip yeah armin you want to share yours all right i originally was gonna go with uh someone else but i'm gonna be talking about him later so i pulled an audible right as we started this segment and i went with uh justin jefferson is like the full size chocolate bar that you get when you go out of town to the acreages or you go to your neighbor's place it's just you you know you can count on it you go get it and it does not disappoint it is the highlight of your night and that is justin jefferson he is 
besides one week this year, I think he has not been a disappointment for the last like three seasons that he's been in the NFL. You, everybody knows that house, that house that gives away, you know, cans of pop or full size chocolate bars. Everybody knows that house. And there's always a lineup for that house. We had two on our block growing up and it was like, (laughs) it didn't matter how cold it was. You were making sure you got to that house because I was not leaving Halloween without a full size chocolate bar and a and a can of pop. That was just a guarantee. Oh yeah. See, I grew up on a farm, so all the farmhouses around me had the full size chocolate bar and the pop, and it just became what we got every year, you know. And moved to the city and university, and see everyone handing out little tiny chocolate bars. I'm like, what is this? Come on. Yeah, just you can go buy that box yourself for six bucks tomorrow for the 250 yeah. piece. It was probably because Armand was 21 walking around still collecting candy, <laughs> just being ripped off as they gave him two of the bite-sized Snickers. He's just sitting in front of the house, shaking a little uh, a pillowcase. Hey, yeah. Come on, keep it coming. Keep yeah. it coming. Doing the old, where do you dress this? A skier? <laughs> in just his, in his jacket and duke? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's talking about Halloween too. You know, I saw a joke, and oh, it's so true. You know, and oh, we all obviously share the same sentiment growing up in Saskatchewan. But it was like I could never be Spider Man growing up. I always had to be Spider Man in a freaking jacket. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, oh, that was Armin. Just yeah, I'm a winter jacket shaking his, his little bag. Oh man, so good. Um, well so good but we're gonna pivot here into insiders and headliners and there's not a lot of good to be be had here so i'll I'll share this and we'll get things going i've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story i'm ron burgundy Okay, so a couple of these I imagine we'll have a little bit of discussion on, but for the most part, I think we, like, it's it, it's unfortunate. This was a tough week, and, uh, you know, right now, fantasy football, we're, it's, we're in a record low of fantasy points in the last, I would say, probably, I think it's, I was reading an article, I think it said the last five years, to, and then they were going back, and it's like spike weeks, but comparable to about 10 years ago, is some of the worst performances of fantasy points that uh, they've been tracking, I guess. Um, and then added on top of that, now we have this monstrous, uh, monstrous week of injuries. It's been, a, it's a bit of a frustrating ride, this this mm. fantasy football. It's a cruel mistress. Jordan, um, it's funny you say that in the staff league at St. Mary. I just had my best week I've ever had, and I put up almost 180 points. What the heck? There you go. You had the bounce back week, Carmen. Yeah. You know what, actually... I was just talking about this, you know, we'll talk about the trade here in a second, but your, uh, your big dynasty trade you made two weeks ago is looking pretty good now with this uh, trade that just happened. Oh man, I did not think it would uh, pay off so quickly. I thought he would get more value out of the guys I traded him and I'd be waiting a little bit, but looks like uh, I'm an early winner for that trade with uh, Travis Etienne taking over the backfield and Jacksonville 100% his now with Robinson out of the way. Yeah, we got uh, we got Brees Hall. Uh, obviously, we put it on our socials. There goes down to a torn ACL and, and torn meniscus. Uh, so he's going to be out for their obviously the remainder of the season. Now we are at about the approaching the halfway point of the NFL season too. So it's going to be interesting to see if this injury carries into next year at all uh, as we enter draft season. Obviously, he's going to have as close to a full year of recovery with obviously we're just surpassing the seven week uh, mark of the NFL season. So this will be something that in, and obviously dynasty and, and coming redraft to next week or next year, sorry, we're going to have to monitor and see what this does, but talking this year, obviously Brees Hall is going to be done. Waiver wires were going to be going super crazy uh, because there was, you know, a vacated, a vacated targets, vacated touches. And then New York giants or sorry, New York jets said, uh, yeah, we're we're also going to be going uh, to be making some transactions. And they traded for uh, soon-to-be free agent running back James Robinson of Jacksonville Jaguars for a, a sixth-rounder, possibly a fifth-rounder, based on compensation on uh, production that Robinson could produce. I think that's like a pretty manageable task. I think it's like 650 yards on the season. So a manageable task, so most likely will be a fifth-round pick. 
Uh, but obviously Armin talked about Etienne. Now he's going to be leading the pack there as there is literally nobody else left in Jacksonville. Uh, so if you were the person that drafted Etienne and held on to him through some of those down weeks, I think you're kind of giggling at this point or unless you're like Armin and, and traded low, then you're, you're really laughing as you're going to be, he's going to be carrying the load for, for the Jaguars for the remainder of the season. But Man, that for dynasty though, this kind of, it, it's great. But also I was hoping it'd be a later breakout because now my draft pick is going to probably be higher because I might actually have a chance of making playoffs now. Yeah. You had a huge week too. Like we'll talk about the other guy on your roster that had a huge week. We'll <laughs> talk about him in a second too, but some of the big names we got in fantasy uh, going down an injury at DK Metcalf with a knee injury. This one we're going to have to monitor because they haven't come out and they said, oh, he might practice this week. Well, it's a knee injury, and I can't imagine they're going to rush their superstar wide receiver back any earlier than they have to after a knee injury. So that's something we're going to have to monitor. And then we also have a couple of uh, high ankle sprains, and uh, that's Mike Williams, a wide receiver that's been having an incredible season for the Los Angeles Chargers as well as tight end superstar. Uh, well, I, I call him superstar, like a, a waiver wire superstar. Cause he's like, <laughs> he, nobody was touching with a 10 foot pole and he's been sneakily having himself a, an incredible season, especially for a tight end. Uh, he's going to be having uh, approximately about a two to five week window is what they gave him of time missing because of this high ankle sprain. So uh, Mike Williams will be missing time. David Njoku is going to be missing time. DK Metcalf is most likely going to be missing time. Another superstar wide receiver slash RB slash utility knife. Debo Samuel is day-to-day with a hamstring. So that's something that we're going to have to monitor because um, that hamstring injury could linger for a long duration of time. I think in a, in a perfect world, he, he misses a week and then he comes back healthy the week following. Uh, but that's something that if you're the Debo manager, you're going to have to monitor as well. But talking about something we have to monitor, maybe not necessarily in your fantasy teams, but we might as well get Zach's opinion on this one here. We got a QB controversy, Zach, or what's going on here? Is that just because they, you know, Mac was coming off the injury and they didn't want to push him a little bit, or is it legit that there is a little bit of a competition going on here between Mac Jones and, and Zappy? I don't, I don't know. Um, like just watching the game and watching the season as a whole, um, the offense is completely different uh, with each quarterback behind center. Um, Jones, it's a lot of shotgun. Zap gets a lot of under center. And it seemed like Chicago was caught off guard with Zappy and the the short passing game, the play action pass. Um, but, but once they kind of got their feet underneath them, um, they were able to really stick it to Zappy. So I would imagine this week they're gonna roll with uh Jones and and hopefully he's able to put any controversy to controversy to rest and uh, just reacclaim that, uh, that QB one spot. We uh, I'm, I'm part of a lot of Facebook groups that uh, like are around collecting football cards. And I know Armin and I are both quite, quite big into it. And a few people that listen to the podcast are big into it as well, but these Facebook group chats are going off about how, you know, it's a, it's a tough week for the hobby in the market because all these, Mac Jones cards that were worth so much because he was the premier quarterback this offseason. He was the number one rookie quarterback, um, had the best stats, had the best year. And so his his rookie cards were worth so much money. And now he got yanked. And now, you know, it's gonna be a collapse in the market, they're saying. So it's been it's been fun to watch those group chats because now they're like, oh, the Zappy rookie cards gonna be worth so much more. It's like, oh, this is this is totally absurd. Like Mac Jones is a first round draft pick. Let's relax, you guys. Like it's still worth money, but oh, it's been funny to watch. Buy the Mac Jones cards now. Yeah. Buy low. Them all up. It's like in Dynasty. A eh? Armin just got to buy low on all these players. That's what you got to uh-huh. do. Swindling for ETNs. Yeah. Um, a couple other ones, a couple other quarterback things here. Well, Mike, before we get to quarterback, Mike Boone uh, was placed on the IR. And if you don't know who Mike Boone is, I, I don't blame you. Uh, he might be somebody that you were looking at picking up off the waiver wire after all these running back injuries have been happening with the Denver Broncos. Uh, but now it's just kind of making this Denver Bronco backfield waiver wire situation a little bit less murky. Uh, so I know there's, there's a few names I've been kind of floating around, but Mike Boone is obviously not one of them. He was previously, but now placed on the IR. Uh, so that's something to obviously move all, move away from. Uh, talking about moving away as well, you can move away from Matt Ryan. The, he is battling an injury, but they said the decision to move away from him was not strictly based on the injury. 
Uh, they are benching him and starting Sam Ellinger uh, for the foreseeable future. So talking about investing in some rookie cards, Armin, there. I know me and you both got a lot of Sam Ellinger cards. Yeah, I, I was going to say, hey, I think I got a rookie card. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what this means for fantasy. I know we've talked about Michael Pittman. Obviously, your expectations got to be a little bit lower based on, uh, you know, rookie quarterback coming. We don't know what to expect, uh, but I don't know if it can get much worse. The only thing that was nice for Pittman was that Matt Ryan kind of hyper-targeted him. So um, I don't know what this means for Jonathan Taylor, who's on a bit of a down year in comparable to his expectations. Uh, so something that, once again, we're going to have to monitor a little bit throughout the practices. If you're reading on the practice reports and see kind of what the vibes are coming out of uh, Indianapolis. And, um, and I guess time will tell, too. Like we'll have this week and and we'll see them playing against the, the commanders. So if there is a team to play in your rookie debut or your first or your your first official start, uh, it might be against the commanders because I can't imagine, you know, you look bad when you're playing against either Taylor Heineke or Carson Wentz. So um Aaron Rodgers looked bad against him last week. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers looked like the second worst quarter or the, the second best quarterback on the field in that game, but yeah, I don't know what else to tell you guys. It's been a tough week of injuries. It's been a tough week of, you know, this and that. I guess we talked about the McCaffrey trade a little bit. I know we talked about on socials that happened literally the day after Armin and I recorded, which that's the way it happens all the time. But um, it's been a, it's been a wild year fantasy and just the injuries keep piling up. So um, we talked about at the end of last episode, just because the injuries are happening doesn't mean you got to throw in the towel. You know, there's lots of lots of really good options of waiver wire this week. So hopefully you're being active on waiver wire and just keep grinding because you know any anything's possible. Just don't throw the towel because your your stud players are injured because lots and lots of teams out there have injuries on their rosters. So getting into the weekly recap here before we do that, I uh, just wanted to uh, you know give a big shout out to 22 Fresh, our major sponsor of the 2022 NFL season. Uh, 22 Fresh not only did they provide uh, apparel for myself, Armin, and Zach, but they also provided apparel for our charity uh, leagues as well as our charity events coming up in the near future as we progress throughout the NFL season as well too. So 22 Fresh really helping out the podcast, but also helping out our charity and endeavors this well this year. <clears throat> sorry, this year as well. And not only are they helping our charities, but they're helping our listeners at home, providing a 15% off promo code at checkout. So when you go to 22fresh.com. You go and find out some apparel that you like, put it into your, your cart on checkout. You'll ask a promo code and you'll insert 306 FFB 15 and automatically you're going to receive 15% off your purchase at checkout. So thank you very much. 22 fresh for not only helping us out, but also helping out our listeners at home. So don't miss out on this opportunity and use 306 FFB 15 on checkout. So weekly studs um, I'm using a repeat name again, and this guy is just doing it week in, week out. He's a guy that was almost left for dead and just keeps finding a way to do it and putting up uh, a, a massive 35 po fantasy points. And he was the number three, I think, fantasy uh, performer on the week behind some like massive quarterbacks and some massive productions. And, and that's Josh Jacobs running back the Las Vegas Raiders. He, uh, he was in that quote-unquote RB dead zone and even kind of going through the back of the RB dead zone. Uh, but for good reason, because there was a lot of skepticism about him. The, the backfield had so many additions, new uh, coordinator, new quarter, or sorry, new uh, new fancy toy, you know, Devontae Adams in town, are they going to move away from the run game? There's a lot of reasons to move away from Josh Jacobs, but he just keeps doing it. And 20, 20 attempts for 143 yards and three tutties, as well as another three catches for 12 yards tacked on top of that, and those PPR PPR uh, scoring or half-point PPR scoring formats are a nice little cherry on top. So Josh Jacobs, just keep doing it for your fantasy team. And, and he's, uh, he's an auto start at this point with uh, 35 fantasy points. So my stud of the week is uh, Josh Jacobs. Zach, uh, who do you got to the docket this time? My stud, if I'm not mistaken, was the number one player on the week, and that is Joseph Lee Burrow, uh, <laughs> who put up 39.2 points. Did you make uh, that up, Zach? Is his name nope, actually that Joseph is, Lee? According to the good people at Wikipedia, that is his real name. Uh, Burrow had 481 yards through the air, three touchdowns, 
to go along with 20, 20 yards on the ground and one other score. Uh, this is the Jerbo, Jer, sorry, Joe Burrow that I predicted at the start of the season uh, when I named him my MVP frontrunner. Yeah, and he's uh, he's really doing that, man. Like that that offense was clicking, and like I was a little bit concerned because uh, um, he had the slow start, and a lot of people like go trade for him, go trade for him, go trade for him. That's just that door is shut. Like nobody is trading for Joe Burrow anymore. Like unless you are paying an astronomical amount of value, which is just not <laughs> recommended, uh, that door is shut, and he is he is showing why he he carried that team to the Super Bowl in the second half of the season last year, and and he might be doing it again. I mean, he's still, I think he's still leading the league in, in sacks, but he's also well on his way to leading the league in air yards too. So uh, Joe Burrow, keep it going. Armin, I know you've been itching to talk about this. <laughs> busting at the seams. Let's hear your stud of the week. You know, he would have been my stud last week, but I had to name the guy who uh, we'll never mention on this podcast again. Um, you, before I go into him, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were my stack in uh, the staff league this week. So, man, that was beautiful to have. And it, that's what got me my 180 points. Um, but I, after that game, I was predicted of a Yahoo 99% chance of winning my matchup. And then Josh Jacobs goes off. And my matchup suddenly got a whole lot tighter because I was playing against <laughs> the owner of Josh Jacobs. Wow. Um, really? Anyways, my stud of the week oh. is... Kenneth Walker, 28.8 fantasy points. Um, but what was amazing about him is the amount of yards he put up, the big plays. He had 23 carries, which is a decent number of carries, for 168 yards and two touchdowns. And that's a little over, I think, seven yards a carry, if my math is correct there. Um, he is exactly what I was expecting him to be when I was talking about him in the in the preseason and the draft time and everything, he is a great running back. Can make anyone miss. You watch him run; it is amazing how how quick he can hit the hole and how sideways he can move and just make guys in a phone booth miss. Miss make guys who think that they have the tackle and normally would have the tackle miss. It is awesome to watch him play. Yeah, he's he's really freaking good. Like, and he looks good, and he can house the ball. Like, he took that one was at sixty yards to the house. I think it was seventy five. Yeah, he's he looks good. He's the real deal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you've been you've been tooting that horn all off season there too, Armin. So, so good on you. Another reason why my dynasty uh, first round pick for next year is not going to be that great is because I also own him now too, and both him and Etienne are breaking out at the same time. Oh yeah, it's tough having good players. They armin. I I don't know what to do. It's <laughs> never happened to me before in Dynasty. <laughs> uh talking about the opposite here, uh some bad players. And this was one that I was really interested in picking up in a lot of leagues this year. And I claimed him as, you know, steady Eddie, the guy that can't disappoint. And and for the most part, that's all he's done this this fantasy season. That's Brandon Cook's wide receiver uh from the Houston Texans. Um in years previous, he's always been, you know, that 12 point guy. 12-point guy, 12-point guy. And then he has that boom week, 12-point guy. Uh, this week, this year, he's been relatively disappointing uh, fantasy season. And, uh, and then there's a repeat again here. Uh, five targets, four receptions, 46 yards for 6.6 points. You know, if that was my tight end, I think I'd be relatively happy or at least just, you know, take it. But a guy that you had to draft in the, what, seventh round, um, you're not going to be super happy about that. And there's not a lot of confidence to playing Brandon Cooks right now. That's not a not a very uh, efficient looking offense, and uh, you don't know really what you're getting with Brandon Cooks week in week out, and and that was the opposite of what you had with Brandon Cooks in years previous. You just put him in, you knew what you're getting, and you're happy. And and unfortunately, uh, there is no boom weeks. You know, there's no you know Mike Williams. You expect down weeks, but then you get those thirty point weeks. You're not getting that this year, unfortunately, with uh, Brandon Cooks. So uh, I have been very very disappointed, and I I'm disappointed again in week number seven here. Uh, Zach, this one stinks. Let's talk about this one. <laughs> uh, my dud this week is somebody who has graced the stud category uh, several times this year, and that is tight end Mark Andrews. Uh, Andrews is somebody that had his name on the injury report all week uh, leading up to the game, and uh, 
come just before kickoff, it's announced that he's active and that he's going to start. And especially at the tight end position, I feel that you have to play your studs uh, regardless of the situation, just because of the limited amount of players that are able to really go off at a position. And I played Andrews in a couple of leagues and I left very disappointed in all of them. Uh, he had two targets, no receptions, one rush attempt for four yards. So those of you keeping track at home, that is 0. 0.4 points. Um, just a really bad uh, situation all around. Uh, being on the injury report all week, being that game time decision that he was, and then if you did start them, uh, having absolutely zero return on your investment, you could have picked up most teams like second tight end, played them and gotten uh, more production <laughs> position than you did uh, for starting the number one tight end in fantasy. Um, frustrating all around, I think. That's about uh, as close to a goose egg as you can get. Absolutely. Yeah. And it didn't help that Lamar had, uh, he only completed nine passes on the day. So just clearly things weren't rolling there at all for the Baltimore offense. So and hopefully they they're able to turn it around sooner or later. Talking about uh, an offense that needs to get it figured out too. That's the uh, Green Bay Packers. And I think that's where Armin's going on this one here. So, yeah, I'm. I think I had him in my dud section last week, two weeks in a row. Um, I watch this guy on Instagram where he like does the duds of the week as well. And if you get two weeks in a row, you get a tortilla shell to the face. So here's your tortilla shell. Air J Dillon. What is going on, man? <laughs> um, like, oh, you can't trade him though because he was drafted too, or you can't drop him because he was drafted too high, and you just gotta hope for that upside. You know what he can do, but 1.5 fantasy points this week. He had the ball four times for 15 yards. And Green Bay just can't figure it out. Matt LaFleur was supposed to be this offensive genius and have great running schemes and stuff. They're not running the ball very well at all. The only value that Aaron Jones has right now is catching the ball because he's not running the ball very well either right now. And Green Bay's got to figure it out. You know, uh, what we envisioned from this backfield going into this season was what their opponent this week was doing with their backfield. And somehow Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson were both viable fantasy options this week. And AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, well, Aaron Jones was this week, but AJ Dillon wasn't, but you know, like Green Bay, like, come on, man. Like you can put them both on the field at the same time. You know that, right? Like, you, you know that like you can have two RBs on the field. One can go to the slot or even move in or move out, whatever you want to do, have be creative with your offense. Like, come on, this is a very uncreative offense from a offensive coach. And it's very frustrating. I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but like <laughs> I said, if you watched Washington, that Washington green Bay um, game this week, Washington was doing what you envisioned green Bay would be doing with that backfield this, this year. And that was Antonio Gibson was lining up as a receiver. He was moving in. He was lining up in the backfield, motioning out. They were using both Robinson and Gibson very, very well. And both of them were good fantasy options. You can have two good fantasy option RBs in, in a backfield. And when you have the talent, you might as well use the best players you have. That's what we envisioned for the offense, but... He, you know what? He's more, you know, he's no more than an Alexander Madison, somebody that's just gonna. See, we, we were hoping for the Tony Pollard, and we got the Alexander Madison. <laughs> and you could hope it have value, but now they're just gonna sit on your bench. You can't drop them because as soon as as soon as the other back goes down, you're gonna plug them in, and you're gonna be choked that you dropped him. So he's just more of a a bench clogger at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, and I don't see many in most leagues many other better options. Uh, the six man league I'm in, I I dropped him finally, and but like I'm in the 14 team league in St. Mary's, I can't drop him. There's no other running back to put up. Yeah, it's, you just got to hold on and hope for the best. But yeah, you know, listen to what Bill Belichick has to say on this. You know, when we turn the page and we go into the weekly prep, just listen to what Bill has to say. 
<laughs> 24 hours after the game, you, you got to move on. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. So moving away from week seven, uh, unfortunately we're not done the A.J. Dillon talk of the week. We'll get there in a bit, but uh, getting some teams back off the bye week and throwing a couple more on there. We got the Kansas City Chiefs and Los Angeles Chargers on bye week. So two pretty good offenses here that are going on bye. So if you are without, obviously, Patrick Mahomes or, or Justin Herbert, you're going to need a streaming quarterback. And Armin shot the shot with Jimmy G last week. And, you know, it actually put up a nice little fantasy production there, a QB9. That's a nice little start in the feather of Armin's cap. Let's see what he's got for the old start of the week this week because we actually hit pretty good on all of our starts and sits of the week last week. So let's see what you got this week, Armin, for full, full stream ahead. All right. Full stream ahead this week. I'm going with Jameis Winston. He should be back. He's not listed with any injuries or anything. If it's not him, might as well go with Andy Dalton then. Um, I just want the New Orleans Saints QB for this week, especially after the performance Dalton put up. Um, but if Winston's back, he put up some good points before he got injured. And they're playing Las Vegas, which is a smash matchup. According to Yahoo, who gives like the numbers to each matchup on what they should be, Las Vegas is the number one matchup for QBs. So he is going on a good matchup here. Um, and they, they are available. Jameis Winston is only rostered in 21% of Yahoo leagues and 28.4% of sleeper leagues. So go out and get them. If you got, uh, one of the bi-week QBs this week, which is some big names in, uh, Patty Mahomes and, uh, Justin Herbert. So start Jameis Winston. If you, if you need a QB to stream this week. All right. So um going into the starts of the week here zach fresh off your bye week let's hear uh who you got real smart ass eh? <laughs> <laughs> all right this might be a uh bit of a deep dive here uh i don't suspect he's owned in many leagues but who knows uh people might might have been wise after his last week's production but I am looking at Paris Campbell, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, over the past two weeks, he has exceeded 11 targets in both games, uh, finishing as the 14th and 9th receiver, respectively, over that stretch of time. Or, pardon me, 11th and 7th in half-point leagues over that stretch of time. Even better. Uh, Paris Campbell is getting himself a new quarterback in Matt Ryan, so that's certainly a bit of a risk. But there is the possible boon of him having some connection with Sam Ellinger from their time as the uh, twos at their position, whereas I'm sure he has a lot more chemistry and repertoire with Ellinger than somebody like Pittman would. So I would be cautiously optimistic about starting Paris Campbell this week and it's Paris with two R's which made it uh, a little interesting uh, searching his name <laughs> yeah oh, I always forgot that Paris story. that team likes him man like he has no business being a starting wide receiver like these I think his first four seasons he played like two games or first like three in seasons. The... sorry, sorry go ahead yeah I was in say, those yeah first three years he played like two games he played a game get hurt done for the season or get hurt in like preseason, but the team loves him and they invested good draft capital. And I'm like, he was a guy I was excited about come dynasty draft time. And then he just dwindled like a shooting star was gone, but the team loves him. They just keep talking this hype up about him. And now he's actually been somewhat healthy. And, and like you've been talking about producing. He's only 25. And I think it wasn't last year. I think it was two years ago. He had a monster first half. They were just feeding him the ball, uh, scheming him touches, and then he got hurt. And like you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, somebody that has suffered some pretty uh, severe injuries that have forced him to miss a lot of time. But uh, I think when he when he's healthy, he he's shown that he can produce. So uh, Paris Campbell, if you're in a pinch, is somebody that uh, you can do a lot worse than I think. You know, it's funny. We talked about the exact same terminology for Debo Samuel. When he's healthy, he's real good. And it was the same draft class, Paris Campbell and Debo <laughs> Samuel. Those are my two draft picks that year. And 
Paul was eye chewing on some bark for a few for, for a few years there because they both couldn't stay healthy. It was just driving me nuts. But uh, Armin, you want to talk about uh, yours in the same matchup? Yeah, I am uh, taking the RB on the other side of this matchup, Brian Robinson. Um, it's a plus matchup, and they're clearly giving him the touches. The last two weeks, he got uh, 17 and then 20 touches carrying the ball. Um, so he's the guy that they want to feed the ball to in their in the run game and sprinkle in a little bit of Antonio Gibson and then throw the ball to Gibson. So uh, I think it's I think you can start starting Robinson with confidence. He's still way down there on the projected list. He's not very high in the RBs. He's more in that RB three uh, range yet in in what they project. But uh, I think it's time you you just start starting and put him in your flex or if you have two good RBs or start putting him in as your RB two because uh, I think it's it's Robinson time and we're gonna start seeing some really good things from him. This this one, like my start of the week here, hurts my soul because uh, I'm in a bet right now with uh, with a, a buddy of mine about I mean, the, the two running backs because I put out a little poll there or put a little post saying, you know, my my opinions on that it was you should be buying low on Ezekiel Elliott and that, you know, it was a little bit tougher after the big boom week, two weeks ago, but you set up for success. And I got some flack on Twitter about that saying, you know, and my, he's just trying to buy some hype so that way he can get rid of them. And I didn't actually have any Zeke at that point. I was trying to get him, but it was unsuccessful. Um, so I had a bet on him between the two running backs, Zeke and Pollard, who has the best fantasy production in the next three weeks. And uh, Zeke had two touchdowns in the plus matchup against Detroit. And I thought it looked pretty darn good until he took that incredible shot to the knee and how he didn't absolutely break his leg in half was a surprise to me. Um, but Zeke is banged up right now. He has a contusion is what they're calling it on his, on his knee. Uh, so obviously it's not a good situation for him. Um, I imagine the team, they, I think they have bye week nine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so there's a good chance they could just shelf him and, and rest him up. Uh, even, even regardless, if he plays, I still think this is an awesome opportunity for Tony Pollard to, to shine. Chicago is one of the worst fantasy teams for running back points uh, given up they are I think let me pull it up here I was gonna say they're either dead last or they're second last uh, no they're third last I think now but it's regardless it is not been good sledding for the Chicago uh, Bears defense against running backs if they split carries you know Tony Pollard is one of those guys that could house the ball any moment he's very explosive but if he's getting all the touches I think it's going to be an awesome night our awesome day, I should say, for for Tony Pollard. So I do hope Zeke plays. I hope Zeke has a great performance as well because my wager is going to be uh, going with it. But uh, I do think Tony Pollard is a smash play in, in this matchup. Speaking of the opposite here, you want to talk about the sits? You want to start us off, Zach? You bet. So I am uh, sitting Drake London, and uh, I would assume most of us have been sitting him for a while. Uh, unless you've been forced to out of necessity. But Drake London is somebody right now that I I don't think anybody can start with any amount of confidence um, in, in any setting right now for fantasy football. Uh, over the past two weeks, the number one receiver on that team uh, and maybe the number one skill player on that team has received a total of five targets um, which is less than he received in any one game up until uh, last week. It is, it's malpractice at this point, what uh, the offensive coaching staff is doing in Atlanta <laughs> with uh, Kyle Pitts and Drake London, uh, seeming to prefer the likes of Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier uh, to the far superior Drake London and Kyle Pitts. So, until Atlanta can prove that they can uh, sustain the success of one or both of these players, I can't start either with any type of confidence. The worst part is they keep winning. That's the worst part of it. <laughs> yeah. so it's like they're winning games, but it's just destroying the souls of every fantasy manager out there. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. You know, I saw a tweet uh, today, actually, and it was, uh, imagine being the Atlanta Falcons and investing 
your number eight overall pick and your number four overall pick in Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and then you never give them the ball. Two top ten picks, and they both got, like, what, a, a combination of four targets this last week? Like, just sickening, sickening. Yeah. Two of the most athletic, explosive, and gigantic men you could possibly have on your team, and you just choose not to use them. It's incredible. You don't even need a good QB with those two. No, like just have a guy that can chuck it in the air. You don't have a good QB. That might be the problem. <laughs> you have a borderline running back is what they have. But, oh, it's just incredibly frustrating. Uh, you want to talk about yours there, Armin? Yeah. My uh, sit this week is Robert Woods. He's uh, playing against Houston. And I know the temptation is there. He's the number one receiver in Tennessee. And you want to start him because he is that number one guy. But you know what? Uh, he hasn't been producing that much. It's been up and down, and the ups haven't been that high, and the downs have been real low. Um, so don't start Robert Woods, even though it might be tempting. And it's Houston, so hopefully Tennessee takes care of business, and they are running the ball a whole bunch, and they're not going to be throwing it very much. And they don't throw the ball even when they're down. So, yeah, I'd – Stay away from Robert Woods, especially this week. Um, mine's going to be short and sweet. Uh, go back about 10 minutes and listen to what Armin had to say about A.J. Dillon. Cause that's <laughs> um, I didn't realize we were going to rag on him as much as we did because uh, it made my <laughs> made my talk real quick here. It's, uh, it's Buffalo, so obviously Buffalo matchup isn't good. Um, but then just with the combination of the Green Bay offense uh, as well as A.J. Dillon's amount of touches, he's just unplayable at this point. I don't know if I'd go as far as to drop them. Uh, like Armin mentioned, if you're in that, you know, 10, 12, 14, whatever type league, because there is still a lot of value to be had if uh, if he all of a sudden becomes the number one RB, but he's just unplayable, especially in this matchup. I mean, it, we could be wrong and all of a sudden AJ Dillon puts up 20 points, but that's just like completely like irrational gambling at that point, because it's just, there's so much stacked against him in this matchup that it's just, it's it's almost stupidity to put him in your starting lineup. So we talked about him extensively in the previous portion. So I'm going to leave it at that. I think it sucks because he's one of my favorite players. I love AJ Dillon. I like how he runs, but Oh God. Yeah. It's brutal. Uh, what's not brutal. We'll, we'll get to Wellesley's wagers. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, a little bit of money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. So unfortunately, Lucas can't be with us this episode. Uh, he has some prior commitments to take care of here tonight, but he did send in his picks and uh, he did want to talk about the fact that he had another pretty decent performance Thursday nighter. Uh, he went one and three, uh, which, you know, it's not bad. Um, I mean, that's one and three. It's a little below 50%. It sucks, but at least, it's, at least he won on the one that was pretty decent plus odds. Uh, but then the Sunday record, another perfect four for four. Uh, putting his weekly total at five for seven and uh, getting him back up to 55% on his odds. That Thursday nighter, <clears throat> I wanted to mention, I put on a couple little decent sized parlays and they were looking pretty good. Uh, with about five minutes left, I needed one more catch from Kamara to hit. And it was agonizing because he wasn't on the field, wasn't on the field, wasn't on the field. Touchdown. Three minutes left. They're probably not getting the ball back. I'm freaking out. <laughs> and then they get the ball back with, you know, it was like two minutes left or something like that. And then he picks up three more catches. So I, I cashed out a pretty fat parlay there. So that was, uh, that was a nice little deposit in the old account. So, so Thursday nighter was pretty good for this guy. So I was pretty pumped. <laughs> uh, Lucas is as typical. He's got some Thursday nighters and then he goes heavy on the Sunday there too. So Thursday nighter, we've got, uh, we've got the Baltimore versus uh, Tampa Bay and he wants to take the over the over is 45 uh, so taking the over at minus 110 he's also going to take Baltimore money line at minus 125 um, he also is taking two interesting player props here too the first one is Lamar at one and a half passing touchdowns at plus 110 I mean Lamar can run it in any moment but uh, it makes sense he's betting that one because of his secondary bet here and this one's juicy it's a long shot but it's juicy and plausible He's taking Mark Andrews two or more scored touchdowns at plus 850. 
Uh, so for those of you at home that are, are sports betters, you know that this is a juicy one, 850. But if there's anybody in this game that I'm going to be betting on a two-tutty night, uh, it's a good chance that it's either him or Fournette on the other side. So uh, this one's juicy at 850, could pay out in a, in a big way. So that's the Thursday nighters. And then Sunday, he's sprinkling in uh, four money lines. Uh, Jacksonville at 145. Uh, Las Vegas at minus 130. Tennessee at minus 130. Armand already talked about taking care of business against Houston. Uh, so we're going to take Tennessee at minus 130. And then the Giants keep finding themselves in plus money lines, which makes no sense because uh, they're apparently the number one team coming out of the uh, the East. I mean, <laughs> no shade of Philadelphia here, but the Giants are looking pretty good. And I think they see Philly in two weeks. So uh, we'll see if that undefeated season can continue for Philly. But the, the Giants are looking good and find themselves in plus money again here too. So find a plus money at 130. And, and we'll see if Lucas can – keep keep booming on these sunday sunday afternoon picks but um that'll do it for uh wellsy's wagers of week number eight before we wrap this one up sorry go ahead i like that andrews one i agree with you it's a good one it's juice i mean it's that's a tough one to hit two tutties that's a tough one to predict but coming off a down week who who knows you know it could be it could be a big producer yeah anything to mention here before we wrap this one up armin hey uh Let's uh, keep rolling. It's fantasy season. We're getting close to trade deadline here in the NFL, and then your fantasy trade deadline should be coming up shortly after. Make sure you stay an active uh, manager and keep your head up and keep winning games. Yeah, that's uh, the NFL trade deadline. That's this, that's this week, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, believe so. so. Yeah. See if we got some more fireworks coming here. Um. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm. Man, even though. This fantasy season has been very, very frustrating because of the lack of scores. I'm still finding myself in these like Sunday night, Monday night nail biters. Is it going to be a win or loss? So, I mean, it's been exhilarating. Can't complain. I mean, it's been disappointing because you're getting a lot of, you know, not great production. But at the end of the day, it's, it's still fun because we're still chewing on our nails, figuring out if we're going to win or lose. So that's what it's all about. doesn't matter if it's 180 points or, or if it's 100 points. A tight matchup still a fun matchup. So Yeah, exactly doesn't matter how many you put up as long as it's a it's a fun game yeah exactly so keep keep the thing keep her going hope you enjoy a happy halloween and stay safe out there everybody and uh, hopefully end up with a bunch of full-size chocolate bars and and none of those tootsie rolls and plain chips zach we're talking about so <laughs> take care everybody uh and that's gonna do it for uh for episode number 65 uh good week good luck in week number eight and uh take care let's uh let's talk soon